We are coming in hot. The podcast. Welcome to Coming In Hot. Thank you live from Airplay Beach for the intro music. We are recording live from Darling New Media Studios in Midtown Sack. Now my next guest is, you know, there's some people that you meet in life, and this guy is like me 10 years ago. He's 10 years younger than me. He's just, he's been doing his thing since he was 16. So we got a vet, 14-year vet, only 30 years old. Runs my whole goddamn company. Everybody looks at me and is like, oh, see, she do this, she do this, she do that. I can't do it without this guy next to me. If you don't know who I'm talking about right now, we're talking about Chef Matthew Rocha. What up, Matt? What's up, guys? <laughs> yeah, so this is meeting the crew. You know, I, I, I started this because... Like I said, I'm I'm the face, of course, but there's so many other people that are in my my um, company that you know mm-hmm. they they run the thing. But this guy right here, I as soon as I met him, I, I knew I was gonna have to you know take you from wherever you were. One of the hardest <laughs> workers, one of the best looking guys I know, Rocha. Mm-hmm. so let's take it let's take it all the way back you know um so how did you get into cooking because you've been cooking for a long time since you were 16 right yes sir thank you see appreciate it um so basically i started cooking with my both my grandmas from my mom's and my dad's side and then really got into it in high school um i went to san juan high and they had a big uh, culinary program. Shout out to Miss Coulter Shout for dealing out. with me, dealing with me back then when I was a shithead. <laughs> but yeah, we did competitions everywhere. We traveled, and then I figured out I was good at it, so just kind of went with it. Started out in fine dining at Slocum House in Fair Oaks, and mm-hmm. it's all history after that. So, were you cooking at the Slocum House when you were sixteen? And tell, I was just a, go ahead. I was just a, the pantry and salad guy. All right, so people that don't know who was Slocum House, tell them what Slocum House was back then. Back then, it was probably one of the most fancy restaurants, definitely in Fair Oaks, but super old school, fine dining, um, servers with the long aprons, just super fancy, fine dining. Yeah, and, you know, one thing that, you know, we both started out at, you know, uh, you know me with Moxie, when I was 20 and you know, that, that was like the talk of the town back in 2000. I didn't know what I was into. I was just cooking, you know, I didn't know anything yeah. about restaurants, you know, like the fanciest restaurant I was going to back then was probably Chili's or Chevy's mm-hmm. or something like that. But you know, you step in when I stepped in and you didn't go to culinary school, you went to your, um, you know, your high school culinary school, but some things, you know, like that people don't know, like when they step into these places, especially when I was 20, I'm sure when you're 16, did you know what kind of restaurant you were actually in? Did you, you know, or did you know like Slocum House was fine dining? Because I didn't know that Moxie was fine dining. I didn't know what fine dining was. 
So what was your opinion about Slocum House when you started there at 16? Um, I was scared. <laughs> it definitely was an intense kitchen to work in. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I realized later on that how fancy of a restaurant it was. At that time, I really didn't know. I was 16, 17, mm-hmm. you know, first job, just just trying to make it. And, you know, all the guys showed me love, so I fell in love with it. Yeah. And what what was the dynamic in this kitchen? You know, because we, we got war stories of, you know, when we were coming up and we, we talk about them all the time. So what was the, what was the temperature in that kitchen? Was it, you know, like slamming plates, you know, sl- you know, slinging shit out as fast as possible. Like what was the, what, what kind of, um, I guess, uh, climate was in that kitchen, especially was, like back then. It was definitely coming in hot. Not like it is <laughs> nowadays. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Chef, very intense, throwing saute pans. You know, it was just a small three line cooks and a pantry chef with your, you know, pastry chef. It was a small kitchen, but everybody was on their stuff and definitely intense. Plates flying and saute pans slamming for sure. Yeah, the the high flames, a lot yeah. of a lot of marks on your arms that you'll never get rid of unless you oh, yeah. pay some big money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. So, at, uh, so you're at Slocum House. How long were you at Slocum House for? I was there probably a year, year and a half. Okay. And yeah. what, what was, you know, where did, were you still in the pantry at this time? Uh, when you um, left? I started running lunch shifts. So I was the lunch cook. Okay. What, what kind of burgers? Yeah. What kind of, uh, items were you cooking at the Slocum House? During you know, lunch? The, Steak frites and fancy burgers, mm-hmm. kind of, you know, getting into the stuff. Not not running during dinner service yet, but I was getting there. Yeah. And did you ever make it to dinner service? No, I ended up leaving. Uh, we got a new chef out. And I followed the crew up to Eldorado Hills, Siena after that. Oh, okay. So how'd you, I, how'd you hook up with uh, Sienna? Sienna, um, one of the cooks there, he was like the lead line cook. He lived in El Dorado Hills and found out a restaurant was opening there. Got a new chef. You know what happens when a new chef comes in. Mm-hmm. Some of the crew leave. So I followed them up there and then ended up working with that company for off and on for about five years. Yeah. So let's, let's get into it. Yeah, because- <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> because we got a background with, you know, the, the Platt crew. Up yeah. at Siena and, um, you know, uh, in El Dorado. And then they ended up opening Land Ocean and Folsom. But the how we kind of crossed paths was you – so you opened up Siena and Elk Grove. How was that opening? The one in El Dorado Hills? Oh, El Dorado Hills, sorry. Yeah, I, it was – it went really good. I mean, they knew what they were doing. We had a lot of cooks. It was, it was really fun how they were doing it. They hired – way too many cooks and then we would just take turns jumping on the line and you know the best survived basically so yeah that was really fun and what what was your uh what what was your um position when you started there i just started off on pantry there okay what were, you, what were you cooking on the pantry when you started we were, we were doing seared tuna dishes we had an induction burner set up for um, gorgonzola puffs. We were doing beignets to order. So it was an intense pantry station for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, Sunday brunches we did, omelet station. It was a 
300 seat restaurant. So it was busy. Learned a lot for sure. Yeah. So the, the brunches at Siena, I remember, <laughs> I think I went like once and it was, yeah. it was massive. It yeah, was like, huge. yeah, it was a huge brunch. And, you know, like, how were you guys cooking all this dang on food? You know, you had a pretty, you had a pretty big kitchen out there. Um, yeah. I, I went and interviewed with um, the first chef out there. And mm-hmm. um, what was that guy's name again? Uh, that was John Nelson. Yeah, John Nelson. So I went out there. I think uh, at the time, you know, every, everybody was kind of leaving Crush 29 and, you know, I, I found the reason I stayed at Crush 29 is because they gave me freedom on the damn menu. So I was staying. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, how was um, John Nelson as a, you know, executive chef? And I, I know he kind of left the business after this. So I don't know yeah. what really happened. But uh, how how was he as an opening chef? Um, I enjoyed working for him. His food was really good. Um, he kind of had a Asian inspired kind of menu, they like um, that. which, which Mark Platt loved, you know, mm-hmm. that soy ginger sauce on everything. Loves it. And, uh, his opening sous chef was really good too. Brian, I forget his last name, but he ran a whole bunch of yard houses and he was a, he was a tough guy. So mm-hmm. definitely learned a lot from both of them. Yeah. And, you know, speaking about, uh, you know, Mark Platt, how, how was your, how, how was your journey with Mark Platt? Oh, it was, it was a long one. So, um, <laughs> I opened Siena El Dorado with them just as a cook, worked my way up. And then they promoted me to sous chef at 20 or 21. So mm-hmm. I was pretty much helping run Land Ocean Folsom when they opened that up. Mm-hmm. They transferred me over. Um, got to learn how to break down meat, break down fish, mm-hmm. all that stuff. And then went to a different, I think I was your sous chef for about a month at Bella Brew, Carmichael. <laughs> I don't think it, I don't think it lasted a month. Yeah, <laughs> I was, think it was, it was more like quick. a weekend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, after that, bounced around, helped open up Cask and Barrel, which is closed down. But I think you and your wife ate there one time. Yep. Um, really, really good food. Mm-hmm. And then... Um, I don't know if I gave Mark Platt a call or he gave me a call, but they were open in Siena Roseville. Mm-hmm. So I joined the crew with them as executive sous chef Okay, and opened that up, got transferred, um, worked there for about a year at Roseville, helped open it up, uh, got transferred to back to the El Dorado one as executive chef. And how old were you at this time? I was 25 at this time. Were you ready for it? No, I was not. I don't think anybody's ever ready for it. <laughs> it's a big job. Yeah, well, my my first head chef position was when I was 25, too, and I was not ready for any of it coming. It wasn't even, you know, it was like a, a little bar out in South Sac, but, you know, mm-hmm. like you got all the pressure on you at this at this point, and, you know, you're trying to please the owners, you're trying to please, you know, the customers, and, you know, trying to, you know, I, I rolled in at 25 and there was like people that are 40, you know, and, oh, yeah. you know, you're trying to like tell these older people, you know, like, Hey, you got, this needs to be done. This, you know, what, what kind of looks were you getting when you're 25 oh. and you're at a, you know, upper casual, uh, it's not real fine dining, but you know, is is pushing the, the boundaries of, 
you know, uh, upper casual and, you know, it's not TGI Fridays by any means, but you know, it's, it's not, you know, white tablecloths, but you, I'm sure you had to add some pretty experienced cooks in there. Oh yeah. We were, we were cranking, man. It was a busy restaurant. Um, first experience kind of with that would be at land ocean when I was 21. Okay. And I run an expo line and my grill cook, you know, I'd ask for how long did that medium rare? They'd just say, fuck you. You know, so <laughs> you're talking about 30, 40 year old cooks and you're trying to get orders from a 20 year old. Mm-hmm. So that was difficult. Um, for the most part, uh, my kitchen staff in El Dorado Hills respect me because I was with the company for a while. So it was, yeah. it was an easy transition with that. Mm-hmm. We're just learning all the numbers and all that stuff. That's, uh, that's, that's the big boy stuff there. Yeah. And, you know, going into the numbers, uh, another way that we connect is like one of our mentors, you know, not, we weren't together, but, you know, one of my mentors, uh, Brian Hawkins, and I know you're really close with him. Um, tell me a little about, uh, about, uh, Brian Hawkins and what he meant to you. Uh, Brian Hawkins, man, that guy's taught me a lot. Uh, we opened up, um, Marietta hotel together. That was, that was fun. Um, he's definitely a numbers guy. If you need a recipe for anything, that guy's got it. Mm-hmm. Um, very smart guy. Um, just an old chef that you can learn a lot from. Yeah. He's and got he's, those, inven- those inventory sheets. You need something, he's got you. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, the, the one of the reasons I love Brian is because, you know, he he didn't have to pay anything forward, you know. Like, he was, you know – just one of those chefs who, you know, background in, you know, um, uh, Ruth Chris and, um, what, what was, the wasn't he at the pilot houses too? Like he, he was all over the place. Yeah. He's been everywhere. Yeah. And plus, you know, we, we went to the same culinary school too. So we had that in common and, um, you know, like something, you know, and I need to reach out to Brian, see if he wants to come on here too you know, just to pick his brain. But uh, one of the, you know, one of those chefs that, you know, they're one in a million because a lot of chefs don't try to give anything up. You know, they try to keep everything in their pocket, you know, like, so they have the upper hand. But Brian was the, I think the first chef that I came across where, you know, I was like, hey, I'm, I'm at Crush 29, I re-left or got fired or whatever happened with that situation. <laughs> and then, you know, I have uh, Jesse, which took Irie's spot, and the guy didn't know, like, he said he couldn't read. And this is coming from Jesse, you know. So I got kind of put in the task of trying to figure out inventory and putting a P&L together, putting a recipe, putting costs together, you know. Like, so I went to Hawkins, and I was like, hey, man, like, it's just me over here, you know, and he set me down and, you know, told me to bring a thumb drive and, you know, he let me take pretty much everything from him that he had, you know, um, and something that I'm, I always be grateful for and something that I've all like, I keep till this day. And, you know, most of my costing is from Brian Hawkins, all of his programs that he had. Um, so, Moving forward, um, what, when did, I, man, 
so you worked with me like on and off. I don't know when it, when you came, when you went. Um, so we, we first got together, um, at Bella brew. We've known each other. We, we've maybe conversated a couple times, but had a deep respect for each other. Um, you came to Bella brew. It wasn't a good fit. And then I think I called you. I, I think maybe you called me and was like, Hey, how's the food truck? And I had like this shift at a um, dispensary dispensary. <laughs> and I was like, well, if you, if you want to learn, I got this shift over here that you want to do. So <laughs> oh, remember that day. yeah, the 420, I think it was 2015 or 20, 2016. How was the first day on a food truck for you, Matt Rocha? Uh, it, it was horrible. <laughs> First time on a food truck, we're driving down the road, and I'm sitting in that small little chair next to you, and shit's flying off the shelves. <laughs> we get to the event, and we're doing like a whole bunch of loaded fries for all these stoners, right? Yeah. And your fryers at the time, you throw two baskets down, and they just go out. Yeah. Yeah. Fries are just boiling. <laughs> I was like, this shit, what did you get me into? Yeah. And this this is back when I'm making the pork belly to order. We're doing fries to order. We're just not sandbagging at all. I was chefing it up on the food truck. The only thing is that that food truck wasn't ready to do like a, a loaded fry 420 dispensary event. <laughs> hey, I still came back, though. You did come back for a little bit. So that was Cecil's taste days. So you came back when we were kind of messing around with this chicken sandwich. Um, I think you were doing the Mercedes with us, right? Yeah. Yeah. And Jake. Yeah. Me, Jake and John. Yeah. Yeah. How, how was UC Merced? How was the UC Merced days for Rocha? And I think this is what, um, uh, this is, this is when you left again, because you see Merced. <laughs> those were, I mean, those were long days, but they were fun. I, I remember, uh, specifically that one day, it was just me, you and Jake. Yeah. They're like seven grand. Yes. Jake back there the whole time. Yes. Just building burgers all day. Yes. I mean, it was fun. Doing it every day? I don't know, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so UC Merced was once a week, and I, you ended up going to, um, uh, what is that place called out, way out there? Uh, I went to Park Winners. Yes, you had to get the chefy out again. I know, I had to. He had that to get the twe- tweezers out. Yeah, those tweezers, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So how was Park Winners? Tell me, tell me, because I'm, I'm I, I want to see how Park Winners was because you came back after Park Winners because this is a Park Winners ain't playing around. They got how many courses out there? Well, so what they did at Park Winners was basically a big farm. You had your own chicken eggs. You had every produce you can think of. So we'd go out there and pick our own stuff. It was really fun. Um, but we would do farm dinners about twice a week. And those were 12 courses, tweezers, microgreens, fanciest food, prettiest food you can ever, ever look at. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And then the other days we would do weddings, which would be 200 people all plated. Mm. So it was, it was intense, intense. And you're doing courses for the, the, these two. Yeah. The plated salads, plated entrees. Oh, so it's not the 12 course. Oh, the 12 course would only be about 40 to 60 people. Gotcha. But still, you got to think 40, 60 plates, 12 courses. That's a lot of plates. That's a lot of plates. (laughs) Her uh, back would be hurting from putting microgreens on. <laughs> <laughs> Wrist over there hurting because you're tweezing so much. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. So you come back, um, and did you come back to Cecil's Taste, or was it Nash and Proper by then? Well, I think uh, – Cecil's Taste and Nash and Proper were running at the same time. You already had open Nash and Proper, so I was kind of running Cecil's Taste for you. Yeah, and then that's when you wrap both trucks with Nash and Proper. Yeah. So, how was your? What was your opinion of you know getting away from all the burgers? You know, like out of everything, you know, Cecil's Taste was delicious. It was a, mm-hmm. it was a good menu. It was chefy. You know, like we 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 were doing okay, but what was what was your opinion of going from Cecil's Taste to this this juggernaut of making just the chicken sandwich? Because pretty much we had like you know the tenders and the wings on the menu, but every single order had this chicken sandwich on it. What were you? What was your opinion of what we were doing at the time? Because um, we, were, we were all in at this point. Yeah, you were. Uh, I was kind of hesitant at first, but what kept me to stay is that chicken sandwich was delicious and people were lining up to get it. Mm-hmm. So I knew you had something great with it. And mm-hmm. I mean, I love working for you and I just kept on with it. Now I sell chicken sandwiches. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, you know, like that, that's saying a lot you know, for you, because you could be anywhere, you know, like, and I'm I'm just going to tell you to your face, like you are great at what you do. And, you know, it's not just the cooking part, it's the organization. It's, you know, like it's one of those things where you don't get uh, around right now is you're a millennial, you know, like you're in that, that age range of being a millennial but you don't act like one. And I, I don't, you know, I'm just saying this from somebody that, you know, like I had to learn to adjust myself to the millennials and, you know, how to work around them because it isn't, you know, 2000 where there's a plate coming at your head. Um, or, you know, you can throw a plate at somebody's head, but you're going to have a lawsuit. where are you coming from because you you are technically a millennial how did you get away from this attitude that you know we we got a lot of them in our company Mm -hmm. how how did you sidestep you know being this way and I don't got nothing against millennials. This is how they were raised, you know, computers. You got everything at your fingertips, you know. Yeah. How did you bypass this? Um, I think it was just 
growing up, I always had like older friends and then just basically growing up in the kitchen with older chefs and older cooks, learning from them and just following their footsteps, basically. Yeah. Because as you can see, my journey, I've worked at a couple places with Brian Hawkins. I've been a couple places with you, a mm-hmm. couple places with one of my other mentors, Gabe Glazier, which is a great, great chef. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I kind of just followed them around wherever they went. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, I've, I've seen all the hard workers and I wanted to be them and follow them. And yeah. Made it work. Yeah. And that's one thing I always tell people, if you go in into a, a chef position and you know, the reason why I, I got a, the supervisor provis, uh, position at crush 29 was because I told Irie I wanted his job. Mm-hmm. He, he was like, he was like, Hey, you know, like if you want my job, you know, come get it. And that's, that was the mentality, uh, especially uh, back then is like, you, you don't want to go in somewhere and just be stuck, you know, in the pantry. There's some people that's, that's what they do. You know, they're pantry yeah. cooks. They, you know, like they're going to be clean. They're going to get the food out and they're going to leave after they shift and they're going to come yeah. back again and do it. And they've been doing it for 25, 30 years. What, what made you want to get to the position that you are today, Matt? Um, let's see. I just love the restaurant business. And I realized, I mean, I didn't want to get stuck on pantry station all my life. Move to grill, saute. I mean, like you said, you'll see those broiler cooks that are just broiler cooks for their mm-hmm. whole life. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I guess just me, I like challenges. I like, I get bored easy. So if there's nothing challenging me, I'm just going to stay out where you're at. And that's not, that's not me. <laughs> yeah, we, we definitely got that in common also. <laughs> you know, we yeah. talk about it all the time. Like, all right, what are we going to do next? You know, and uh <laughs> You know, you, like I said in the beginning, you're always right there next to me, you know, any kind of hair brain shit I got going on. <laughs> you're one of those people who are like, hey, let's just try it. If it don't work, it don't work. If it does, it does. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so, How many extra shifts is Cecil going to book this week? <laughs> <laughs> you know, hey, man, hey, the catering is coming in late, you know, but yeah. we got to get them out. <laughs> hey, we we do got that big drop off this weekend though. Don't forget about that. <laughs> we'll make it happen. Yeah, we'll make it happen. All right. Um. So we're 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 doing all right. So during two twenty nineteen, me and Jake go off to do this. Um, calling all dreamers. At this mm-hmm. point, we have two trucks we're working on a third truck and now we're going after restaurant now <laughs> where was your head <laughs> where was your head because you're running you're uh you're running pretty much yeah two trucks um we were still at the we haven't bought uh got our commissary yet so we're still in this back room at the at the yard like what's going through your mind? Me and Jake, I think Jake was working on the truck at the, or the trailer at this point. I think you were on the, the small truck. And then I'm over here talking about, Hey, we're going to, we're doing this calling all dreamers. We got a good chance of winning. 
What was your mind frame at this point? I mean, my mind frame is always trying to figure out what's going on in Cecil's head. (laughs) (laughs) But, no, I mean, always the goal is to get that restaurant. The food trucks were fun. You get through those big festivals and all that. But it's – and especially – it's hard work, especially at that Richards Boulevard location. You got a tiny little prep kitchen you got to share with other people. Mm -hmm. It was difficult filling up yes. propane every day, making sure you're on time. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's still a lot more that goes with those food trucks. Yeah, people learned, think it's I, easy. People think it's easy, and it's not. No. It's it's grinding. Yeah. You got 16, 18-hour days, I mean, mm-hmm. the travel time, all that. There's a lot more to it than people think. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, I always thought the main goal was the restaurant, so. Yeah. It's, it's, it's been working so far. Yeah, that commissary is nice. We got over there. <laughs> <laughs> the, the commissary was key for the growth of Nash and Proper for sure. Oh yeah, you're walking through those lakes over there at the yard <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with the with the carts and yeah, trying oh. to get through those the gravel and oh my goodness, oh, <laughs> yeah, bringing back memories here. Yeah. All right, so we win, calling all dreamers. Um, we get. Uh, our restaurant, uh, we figured out 10th and K is the spot, uh, the old mother spot. Everybody's super excited. And then the pandemic hits. What? I don't even remember those days. Maybe you do. What, <laughs> what was going on? What, what did we do to get through this pandemic? What was, what was the pivot that we did in the beginning? Oh man, it was, it was tough. Yeah, to start all those damn computers. You got DoorDash, Uber Eats, Chow Now, um, Square uh, Online. Yeah, Order Online. That helped out a lot. That Northgate location was cracking for a while. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just put a halt in everything. I think everybody's life, you know, all restaurants. Yeah. Sad to see. You got boards downtown. Mm-hmm. I'm ready to open this place up again, get some life back in Sacramento. I know. And this is opening up slowly. Um, you know, uh, you know, Jake's down at K street, um, you and him been kind of working together on that. Um, so elder, uh, Elk Grove, how are we looking on that? It's looking good. It's coming together. Yeah. And, you know, like, uh, like I said in the beginning, like you're the guy that's doing all this shit, <laughs> you know, like I'm just, <laughs> I'm just kind of running around like a chicken with his head cut off. But, you know, like, yeah, just in the, you know, the last week or two, like it, it really looks like it's coming along. And I, I really want to thank you for, you know, the hard work that you're putting in out there and, uh, you know, all around the company because, you know, you're still bouncing around doing K street, checking in on Northgate. Um, how, how is, how is this experience, um, versus any other restaurant job you've had? Um, it's, it's definitely challenging. Um, it's just different. Cause I like, if you're running one restaurant, you have your same crew, you do one schedule. Um, when you have all these different, you have two food trucks, uh, a commissary, another restaurant, the schedules get a lot tougher. Mm-hmm. So especially when the small truck was going back to TNR, there was like five schedules going on. Yeah. Yeah. People that bounce around, 
it's that's probably the most difficult part. Yeah. And then just controlling, you know, to what we have about 25 employees right now, mm-hmm. just keeping up with all of them. It's, it's, yeah. it's challenging, but it's <laughs> worth it. The request days off. Oh yeah. That <laughs> folder's getting bigger and bigger. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't make the request day off sheet. Just so, yeah. just so everybody knows out there. It wasn't Cecil. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, you ready to play some games? Let's play some games. All right. So we got top five. Top five. All right. We need Matthew Rocha's top five restaurants. It could be, it, 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 I, I want to keep it to sack, but you could go. I know you're from Citrus Heights and all. So if you got some little hole in the walls out there, please let me know. Yeah. Okay. So we start with five. Um, let's go right next. Let's go our neighbors. Um, I used to always love to go to this place. Their, their happy hour. Um, the crew from Cask and Barrel used to always visit them. Um, Ella. Ella. All right. Have they opened back up yet? I don't think so. I think they're still shut down, but they need to soon. And date nights. You get a pretty lady. Perfect place to take them. There you go. See, Matt got a lot of pretty ladies on his team, everybody out there. Easy over there. (laughs) All right, number four. Number four, I'm going to go a little hole-in-the-wall place on Citrus Heights. Um, Or no, this is not Citrus Heights. It's off Auburn and Watt. It's a little Mongolian barbecue spot. You walk in, you get that bowl, you get another bowl, and stack that meat. Pile that baby high. You gotta push it. You gotta push, push it, it down. Push it. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And I know. Cool the story about that place. One night we came in about 15 minutes before they closed, which you should never do. But the guy was cool enough to let us get on that big hot top and cook our own food that oh, one night. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Man. What how was that experience? It was harder than you think. With those sticks? With the big old sticks. The (laughs) hardest part is getting that food back in your bowl. (laughs) Oh, yeah, because they do the little... Yeah. Yeah. Half it goes on the floor. Man, I miss Mongolian barbecue. I got to go hit up a place. All right, go ahead. All right, number three. Number three, it's always a good meal. You want a burger, you got to add chilies to it, though. In and out. In and out, okay. In and out. All right. Not a big fan of it, but you guys, I, I'm not going to argue. Where, where's your burger spot? Yeah, it's, a, it's a little place called Cecil's House. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, um, I like, I like um, Monsoon Burgers over there and uh, Natomas. They, they do really good burgers, um, a lot of different styles. I get the Meat Freak, which has pastrami and bacon on it. And it nice. is, you know, like it's a once a month or, but yeah, but you could get like curly fries. You could get regular fries on your rings. It's one of those old school spots. Always get a, a cookie dough, ice cream, uh, ice, ice milkshake. So yeah, very good. All there right. Go. This is not my top five. This is yours. All <laughs> right. Number two. <laughs> number two. We're going to go. Always a good meal is crew. You want some fresh sushi? Oh, yes. That pork belly and uni. Okay. Delicious. I like it. And then number one 
is a spot out in Folsom, right next to Land Ocean. It's an Italian spot, um, Visconti's. Visconti's, okay, I've heard of it. Never I'm been. I'm good friends with the owner, Frank and Tista. Frank is the chef. Uh, Tista runs the front of the house. Okay. Um, their mom and dad are always walking around. Dad's walking around kissing all the ladies. <laughs> Old school. Yeah, rolling the cannolis in the back. They're just, it's a great <laughs> spot. They make you feel like family there. Nice. Nice. Man. All right, Visconti's in the building. Um, so I want to kind of back it up a little bit, um, you know, to, um, when we, when we first got together, um, there's another guy that I always want to, uh, shout out and it was, it's Jason Hockma. Mm. Yeah. Um, I should have I should have did this a little bit earlier, but tell me a little bit about Jason. I, and Jason, I gotta get you on here, man. I know you're gonna be listening to this, but you're coming up next. Yeah. <laughs> but tell me a little about the about the hawk stories uh, that you could tell because he, he got kids. He got kids now, huh? <laughs> um, Hawk's a great guy. I mean, I know I worked with him and his wife for a while. I think they're still at Land Ocean. Uh, they're at, uh, yeah, Land Ocean Roseville, yep. Yeah. Hawk's a great guy, man. He's making some good drinks, loves the party, or used to love the party, I guess. Used to love the party. <laughs> um, yeah, nothing but good things to say about Jason Hawk. Yeah, and, you know, there, and the reason why I bring him up is because he's the one that was always telling me about you. He was like, this is a dude named Matt. Yeah, we call him Roach. And he's he's like you. He's he's just like you, you know. And I just remember for years and years and years, I was like, dude, stop fucking telling me about this guy. This, you know, like. And I think that's how we kind of got together is through Hakma because I, and Whitney too. Whitney, Lewis. yeah, Whit, Whitney, yep, yep, Whitney, yeah. That's the home girl. That's the homie. Um, yeah, Whitney and and. And yeah, I think you're drinking with them just like I was drinking with them. Yeah. <laughs> the safety meetings we used to call. Them. Yeah, the safety meetings. Yeah, we used to. Um, yeah, we used to have a lot of those. Um, the Bailey's and coffee on Saturday mornings. We, mm-hmm. Oh my goodness! Yeah, Whitney. Shout out to Whitney. <laughs> All right. Okay, Matt. I, I I called you earlier. I told you to be ready for this next one. All right, we're about to come okay. in hot. So, Matthew Rocha, it is time to come in hot. All right, we're coming in hot, and we're keeping it national proper. I know there's a lot of hot chicken places out in SAC coming up, but we're, we're, we're still coming for you. We're still the best out there. So, yes. we started this thing, and we're going to keep it going. And the reason, the reason why I started Nash and Proper and why I just shotgun the whole idea is because I saw this trend coming. I saw this hot chicken trend coming, and I argued. I argued with Jake. Like, <laughs> dude, we need to open up a hot chicken trailer because if we don't, somebody else is going to come in here and say they did it first. So... <laughs> There's a reason why I opened this shit up so fucking fast. 
<laughs> is that reason right there. So all you guys coming in, I'm sure your food is good. And there's a reason why I haven't tried you because I can't fuck with the hot shit. And I know you, <laughs> but, <laughs> but at the same time, we were the first to be here. We're going to be the last to be here because I got Matthew Rocha on my side. That's why. There we go. Coming in hot. <laughs> hey, Matthew, thank you so much. You are a brilliant guy. I just want to thank you, thank you, thank you. And my wife thanks you because I get to be home at a decent time. <laughs> no, nah, but with all seriousness, I just want to thank you. I appreciate you. I appreciate all the hard work that you put in. I appreciate how you run this business. And, you know, like I, I let you go out there. I let you do your thing because I have a hundred percent respect for you and for the job that you do. So I just want to tell you this while all these hundred people are listening out there that, <laughs> that I really appreciate everything that you do for me and for Nash and proper. So thank you. Thank you. See, I appreciate you. All right. Okay. This is the show. Thank you for coming to coming in hot. I know you can listen uh, anywhere, but or to any other podcast, but I just want to thank everybody out there. This was Meet the Crew. You can holler at me at Chef Cease, at Coming In Hot, at Nash and Proper, all social media networks, and www Nash and Proper to order those delicious Nashville hot chicken sandwiches out there, Sacramento. See you next week. Love you. Peace. <laughs>